0: Okay. Good morning. Um, If I haven't met you, my name is Katie Beringer, and I am part of the branches. And this morning, I would like to introduce um, some dear friends of mine um, who are going to speak this morning. Their names are Jeff and Amy Brake. Uh, They have two children, Gideon and Lucy, um, who I think you can see on the screen there. Um, but they serve um, in Colorado and they do missionary training at an organization called Mission Training International. They've been dear friends of my husband and I for quite some time. so I to introduce them, I just jotted a couple things down so I wouldn't talk too long about them. Um, they previously to working there, they both served as missionaries overseas. Um, individually in Kenya and Russia, and then later, after they were married together in Russia. uh, My husband and I got to visit them while we were there, while while they were living in Russia, um, and just see the way that, um, the work that they were doing there. And they, um, we just learned so much from them on how to be good missionaries um, when we ourselves were able to go and serve. Um, So they just have a lot to, to share and a lot to give. Um, The program that they work with in Colorado is just an excellent training program for missionaries. Um, They just really love God, and they love people, and I'm excited for you to get to hear from them today.
1: And we're also not super tall people. (laughs) Can you hear me okay? No, okay. Thank Okay, is that better? Okay. <laughs> Good morning. Um, we are just so thankful and humbled to get to be here today. Um, as Katie said, we have, yeah, decades of history with she and Alan, with mostly with her, but then Alan as well when he came into the picture. So um, we are overjoyed to be here. So yes, we are here to talk to you today about missions. And to start things off, I just wanted to preface it with saying, why do we care about missions? Um, what is mission? So in our minds, the way that we kind of see it at our training program, it's when we share the gospel, when we share Jesus with people in a cross-cultural context. So a situation that's not what's normal for us, okay? There's some transition, some understanding that has to happen, kind of entering another's world. So that's kind of how we see it when we define missions. But why missions? Why do we care? Um, I think God spurred in me a heart for missions very early on, and I think the reason for that is because God cares about missions, and missions and reaching the world is part of his plan. Um, I so appreciate the songs this morning and the scripture about how God so loved the world, right? Um, God loves all of us, but he loves the world as a whole. Um, And a passage that speaks to that, and I think just puts into words kind of why we do what we do is in Revelation chapter seven, verse nine. And it's talking about um, the culmination of times when God makes everything right and we're in heaven with him and it says um, I looked again I saw a huge crowd too huge to count everyone was there all nations and tribes all races and languages and they were standing dressed in white robes and waving palm branches standing before the throne and the lamb and heartily singing salvation to our God on his throne salvation to the lamb so The reason we care about missions is because God's plan and God's heart is for the world to know him. And so we are humbled and we're honored to get to be a tiny part of that process as he leads people from every tongue and tribe and nation to himself. Um, So let's see, first slide, if um, I actually can't see the slides. So, oh, here we go. Okay, sorry. (laughs) All right, so first picture here, this is where we lived in Russia. Um, We have a huge heart for Russia and I know it's a tricky thing to talk about these days, but we lived kind of um, we called it southwestern Siberia, but that red dot there is Tumen or Tumen in, in English. But um, we served with a church planning organization there and lived there for about eight years. Katie mentioned I served as a single in Kenya, and Jeff served as a single in Russia. And then once we were married, we felt called to serve there for some time and loved it. Um, really connected, and just God gave us a heart for the people there. Um, and we were there for about eight years. Come and combination of Jeff's time as a single and um, toward the end of our time there God made it clear he was calling us to something different um, calling us back to the US for lots of different reasons but not just back but to this new place called Mission Training International so that's the next slide there thank you Um, so yeah this is a place in Colorado that trains missionaries and also helps missionaries coming off the field to process their time Um, and this is initially where jeff and i got our training katie and alan did their training there and um, and we felt very honored to be asked to come on staff there so we are now serving there we've been there seven years which is hard to believe um, we still honestly miss our home a russian home as well um, because it became a part of who we are um, so to tell you a little bit about mission training international Our heart is to equip and love on missionaries so that they can be the healthiest and wholest possible and that they can serve long-term on the field. And then when they come off the mission field, when they come back from overseas, um, that they can see God work and bring healing and um, great joy and meaning to their time overseas. Um, If we haven't mentioned it yet, missions is awesome. Missions is hard. (laughs) So um, if you know a missionary, Um, Ask them how they're doing because the adjustment of moving to a new place with new stressors, a new language, all of those things can be challenging, and that's without major incident. Um. So we could unpack that for a long time. But yes, what are we focused on? We are focused on endurance, effectiveness, and personal vitality. And so that's our aim as we prepare missionaries going to the mission field. And then as they come off the mission field, processing with them how things went. And really um, helping them just connect with the Lord in um, bringing order to their experiences overseas the things that jeff and i do at mti is we um, i have been home quite a bit with my kiddos but before them was there and then i'm just transitioning back to working more there Um, but we teach we facilitate we counsel we um, coach we debrief all of those things there's lots of different things that we do there to equip missionaries um if you could, let's see, are we ready for the slide yet? Not Yeah. Uh, you go ahead and go to the next slide if you would. Um, oh, sorry. Back one. <laughs> oh, Sorry, okay, you can go ahead and go to the next one then. So we do, this is a very odd looking picture, but we do, um, one of the many, many things we do is we talk about language acquisition. How do you learn a new language? It's really important to be able to connect with people in their first language. And so this is Jeff. Actually, normally we work with adults quite a bit, but here, Jeff's working with some younger people because we also train them in how to learn a new language. Um, And all of the curriculum we do at MTI is really, um, for all ages, obviously taught at a developmentally appropriate um, level. So here Jeff's working with young people um, mostly as I said we work with adults but it's both and. And we also have, um, if you could go to the next slide, whole community training for whole families to work together to learn and understand what is it like to move to a new culture and to share Jesus and to experience difficulty. And so this is something called the transition bridge and it's teaching people what's it like when we move from our home to a new place and what are the stages we go through? What's normal? It's really helpful to know what's normal when you're freaking out (laughs) in a new place to say everyone goes through this and you will get there. Um, Yeah, so, Moving along here, in our pre-field training, so as people are prepared to go overseas, it's four weeks long, um, and we engage learners in all kinds of modalities. We do small group. We do one-on-one coaching. Um, They live in community in that training center that you saw for four weeks. And so um, the next picture here is um, just some small group time, but it's amazing to see what God does in the hearts of these um, eager participants ready to move to the mission field as they just learn and grow, and God prepares them for this next step ahead. We um, are just honored to journey with them and see. We honestly just get to stand back and see so often what God does, and it's incredible as we just are faithful to do the small part that we have. Um, The second part of our Training that we have at MTI is called Debriefing. And right now we are actually seeing quite a few missionaries come off the field because of the challenges people have faced with COVID. Um, And so Jeff and I, this fall, will be doing a bit more of the debriefing training. And what that looks like is it's one week and it's when missionaries who've been on the field serving cross-culturally come back. They may be back for just a few months or they may be moving back permanently. And in this week, we give them tools for transitioning because people find it, if you've really acclimated and acculturated in a new place, it's very hard sometimes to come back because your home is not exactly your home. And also depending on how you see success and what God did, you might think, what happened overseas and was I faithful? Did anything good come of what? I was doing there Um, so we give them some tools but we also meet with them one-on-one or a couple with one um, debriefer to just share their stories to have a safe place for them to be heard and then what we see is so often God begins a journey with them of healing and bringing purpose and order to their time overseas now sometimes missionaries come in and say it was incredible everything went as I planned and it was amazing God worked it doesn't always happen that way, but sometimes it does, and so that's wonderful. It doesn't take a lot to um, process that because it's great, but the harder things are kind of what we're there for is to be able to help them just journey through and walk through that with the Lord and come out of that process hopefully um, closer to Him and seeing that He had great purpose for their time. Um, now Jeff's going to share a little bit more of some of, the, some of the curriculum, some of the things we talk about at MTI.
2: myself ready luckily we're pretty much the same height so no adjustments necessary here there we go um, Well, Amy already mentioned that pre-field training for missionaries is quite important one of the things um, I want to point out just before we even get going is God calls all of us to be missionaries and some of us as missionaries cross borders others of us cross the street or across the hallway and so Uh, Please don't hear us as we talk about missions and missionaries that we're not talking about you, uh, because we are. Um, All of us are called to share what we believe. And so uh, the training that we do for missionaries who cross borders applies just as much to those of us who um, just talk to a friend or talk to someone um, who looks like they need help. So um, a really important thing, we call this exit and enter. We have to exit our world in order to enter someone else's world. And there's no one else who lives in the same world as you. They didn't grow up where you grew up. They don't have the same families that you had. Uh, They don't speak the way you speak, any of those things. And so um, even in a friendship, we're exiting our world and entering another person's world. So um, all of us do that. Um, There's a really sobering statistic I'm going to share, and that is that 80% of cross-cultural missionaries come home before they finish a a four-year term on the mission field. Um, that is because it is incredibly difficult when everything all day long is difficult and uncomfortable. And we're going to try something really quick. So this requires audience participation. I'm looking right here at this this group here. I'm going to need I'm going to need your help on this. And some of you are already there, but I want you to start off and just cross your arms. Everybody, I'm looking at you. Right? So, you did this the way that is normal, natural, right, and good for you. What I would like you to do now is cross your arms the other way. <laughs> right over here, you're my favorite. I don't know how. Right? So, one of the things that we do is we talk about the how of this. But is What's it like? Someone just tell me, how does this feel? Awkward, weird. How about this, can you interlace your fingers? Is, is the which thumb is on top, the right or the left? The left, that's the, that's the right one, the teacher put the left one on top. Can you start with your pinkies and relace the fingers? How does that feel? It, it's not just awkward, it's not just weird, it's like uncomfortable. This is what it's like for a missionary even 20 years living on the mission field, every day, every moment just feels awkward, just not normal, not like home. And what happens is that grates on you all day, every day. And in that weakness, in that weakness, his strength is shown. So I'm gonna share um, from Thessalonians. This is First Thessalonians 4.13. Oh no, sorry, wrong verse. Wrong verse, I, I went too far down. I skipped some stuff. Let me go back, I'm sorry. Um, our curriculum we mentioned, we talk about things in our adult classroom and in our child classroom at the developmental level that's appropriate. One of the best lessons we have at MTI comes from our children's program and it is a lesson using objects, and I'm gonna share some of that with you. So I want to introduce you to my friend. This is Duck. Can you say hello to Duck. Yeduk. Duck is everything good happening in your life right now. What are some good things happening in life right now? Go ahead and tell me. Yeah, we're on vacation great-great-grandchildren? Just great. Oh, great-great-grandchildren. I get it. There was a comma. It's important, right? Something else that's good happening right now. We, we had some rain. Yeah. woo. Let's hope we had some in Colorado, too. We're in a drought. Um, good things happening for the missionary crossing borders, good things that are happening. I have been waiting for years to serve the Lord in this way. I got my visa, I got my plane ticket, I get to go. I am so excited to start this new adventure with the Lord. Yes, yes, yay duck. But yay duck has a friend. This is yuck duck. <laughs> Say hello yuck duck. hello, yuck duck. Yuck duck is all the hard things happening in life right now. Are there hard things happening in life right now? What are some hard things happening right now? The A.C. is out, (laughs) and the humidity that really is hard, right? Things aren't going the way I wanted. Things are difficult. Oh, thanks for the ducks, right? Things are hard. This is also a part of everyday life. For the missionary crossing cultures, this is, my family isn't close by anymore. I don't speak this language. I feel like a toddler every day when I say, want, I want, give, please, please give, green box, green, yes, 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 green box. And that's how you got your food for the day. It becomes a yay duck when you got the food (laughs) and you get to eat. But here's the thing that cultures don't do well the ducks swim together always what do i have in my hand right now ducks two ducks what's another way to say two ducks a ducks. oh she got it <laughs> a paradox one of the most important lessons for all of us to learn and understand is that in exiting our world to enter someone else's paradox is incredibly important. To understand, I can have a yay duck and a yuck duck at the same time. We recently got to visit my parents in northern Michigan and as we were leaving in the back seat, my daughter experienced paradox and she said, I'm so sad to leave grandma and grandpa's house and I'm excited to see my cousin in Indiana. What's wrong with me? And so we try to normalize that a paradox of feelings is normal. Sometimes Yay Duck is in front and they're swimming along and we can tell things are so great. I mean, we're working, but we're on vacation. And there's a lot of fun things happening for us. And then we get a a message that my brother's wife isn't feeling very well and she's quite ill. And it might be really serious. So all of a sudden this duck starts to swim up. And then, hey, we're going to call hospice. And then that duck is swimming in front. And then we get to come to the water park over here. And this duck comes up. And as we're swimming along and playing and going down a water slide, this one pokes out its head. Is that okay? We have a yay duck culture in America, right? Oh, it'll be all right. It's gonna be okay. At least this is a temporary illness. Our culture likes the yay ducks better. Be optimistic, right? If we look at scripture, this is very interesting, I want to quote it properly, of course. This is the first Thessalonians, brothers and sisters, think paradox, brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope if we don't look at this in paradox, it says, do not grieve. They've gone to heaven. You don't grieve. But is that what it says? It's not what it says. Let me read it again. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. We can grieve with hope but we do grieve. But so many people, I call them Bible band-aids, so many people pull this verse out at a funeral and say, don't cry. We have hope. Those who believe will be in eternity in heaven with Jesus. But the verse says, we grieve with hope. We still miss that person who's gone so it's a paradox that we experience together. And this is one of those things that can contribute to effectiveness, endurance, and personal vitality if we hold on to a message like this. Um, obedience, Amy mentioned this, obedience to the Lord can be very costly. And it can be costly in different kinds of ways. Uh, I, I, I see these guys hanging out down here, and it's like, if God says to you, I would like you to tell one of your friends about Jesus who doesn't know him, it could be costly to your friendship, to your popularity, but it's still something he may call you to do. It brings up a paradox, a difficulty in, yeah, I want them to know Jesus. I want them to have eternity in heaven. And this feels really awkward. This is really hard. I'll just wait for it to naturally come up in conversation. When will that ever happen? The thing is, is in weakness, his strength is made perfect. Right? In weakness, his strength is made perfect. And it says this in 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulty. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I, I brought up with me one of these guys. You probably see them on your chairs. If you're interested in knowing more about what we do, There's three different QR codes here on the side. You just hold up your smartphone with your camera app open, and it'll open those links for you. So if you're interested in newsletters, that's this first one. If you're interested in sort of frequent Facebook updates, that's the middle one and the bottom one. If you'd like to join um, us in financial partnership with the work that we do. I'm going to pray for all of us. Thanks so much for the opportunity to share today. Gracious Heavenly Father, we are so humbled that you came to earth as the first missionary to show us the way, that you gave up Godhood to come and become one of us, to learn our language, to be a child, to be small, to learn. We are grateful for your example. We ask God that you would help each and every one of us individually to do whatever it is Um, to bring someone closer to your kingdom whether that is crossing the hall crossing the street sharing with a friend on a sports team a co-worker at work we pray for strength that comes from you when we are weak we thank you so much jesus amen
0: thank you guys um, I just wanted to share, um, well, first of all, I just love that whole idea of paradox. My husband and I learned that, and when we went through the training, we used it when we were overseas. We still use it in our lives now, and we've lived in Avon now for almost seven years, so it's just a glimpse of the excellent training that they give, um, but to honor to honor Jeff and Amy, we do we would like to t- to to take up a love offering today for them. Um, there is a there are two different ways you can give. One of them is um, by texting, and I think we're going to have information on the screen. Um, and if you is it up, I can't. Is it up? No. (laughs) Okay. There's information on the screen of the number you can text um, missions to that number, and that will go towards Jeff and Amy. And then um, the other option is there is a basket as you leave that has their picture on it, and you can just give there as well. Thank you. Would you all stand with us and sing a song as we go out?